BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. On episode 59 of the Green Street Hammers podcast, myself, Adam, Jeremiah, and Henry are back talking all things West Ham, led along by Hammers polls on Twitter. We get the West Ham fan pulse while answering all the questions we can. Keep it locked on the Green Street Hammers podcast. All right, welcome back to the Green Street Hammers podcast, or welcome to your first ever listening. Uh, this is episode 59, uh, another quarantine lockdown edition. Uh, this time it's myself, Adam, and Jeremiah. How you doing, Jeremiah? I'm good, man. I'm just hanging out in lockdown trying to, you know, uh, hassle work and kids and not being able to watch uh, any sports at all. So, you know, good times. Yeah, it sounds like the end of the world, to be honest. And Henry as well. Henry, how are you doing? Yeah, not too bad. Same old, same old. Just waiting for this to finally come to an end at some point in the future. Let's hope that that happens. Uh, we're all on the same page with that, I'm sure. Um, but uh, since there is no football to talk about, what we can do is talk about uh, everything in the world that surrounds it. And for us, uh, that means going to our fine friends at Hammers Polls, who very regularly pump out some questions for the West Ham fans on Twitter. And we get to chime in and... and uh, see their videos which are really good as well as just read through the comments and and check out the polls to get the actual pulse of the fans there so that's always great and it's always a a good segment on our podcast when when we get to those so uh the first question however will not be from them it will be from me to you guys because i want to know uh we'll start with you henry how are you jumping along uh and pushing time forward in this lockdown without football or any sports in general how are you how are you making out um, I'm sort of getting on by. I've started a job editing for a five-a-side league in Brighton, um, which is at the moment is going through a lot of the old archive footage to make videos, um, as there's no current football going on. But that's <laughs> keeping me busy, which is good. And playing games and watching films, as I think everyone else is. Yeah, that, that's that's pretty fair. I think the last two go without even saying uh, I'm tearing up the, the streaming services, but it's good to see you're actually picking up a little bit of work and then even still having it football-related is even better. So another thing to add to the CV there once this all ends, and you're going to come out of it a, an even better video editor, so that's, that's pretty damn positive. 
Uh, Jeremiah, what are you doing? How are you fighting the boredom and keeping busy? Although I do know you have a couple kids to wrangle, so that does take up some time. So the boredom is real, um, but I've been I've been tasked. I got a, a honeydew list from the wife, and anybody that's married will understand that. And I think you guys will appreciate the heads up on that. You know, since you're coming down the road on that one, but uh, yeah, honeydew list of fixing the backyard. I think I told you, Adam, I was shoveling and raking rock, kind of making a new fire pit area. So that's been pretty pretty much it, other than like you said, tearing up the streaming services. I've been hitting up uh, PlayStation, anything quite a bit, going back to the archives of some old games. But um, I did uh, fall into the trap of Quibi. I started watching some Quibbies, and, uh, yeah, that, that that's pulled me in. So <laughs> basically, uh, you know, a little mixture of everything. But all in all, we're getting through it. What for, about you? For us unintelligent people or, or uneducated people, what's, what's Quibi? So, yeah, I'll be honest with you, I just started it this morning, but Quibi is like uh, like a less than 10-minute episodes. Basically, it's it's like TV. It's basically like a TV series, a bunch of different TV series, and a lot of big actors and actresses got involved with it. But it's literally every episode is like seven minutes. Um, so it's quick, action-packed. It's not um, – there's no kind of like, you know, building up any type of drama or anything like that. So it, it's real quick and in and out. Um it's kind of neat and it does help with working from home because you can kind of, you know, you need a quick break, you watch it. And I, I totally sound like I'm advertising for them right <laughs> now, but yeah, it's cool. I better see a, an ad check when this comes through there. Uh, but it does sound actually <laughs> kind of cool and I'll check that out for sure. Um, as for myself, uh, right now it's, it's self-medicating with a heating pad and Advil because as I told you guys, I, I guess dried my hair too aggressively last night and pulled a muscle <laughs> from the top of my head down between my shoulder blades and I'm 27, and I'm feeling I'm feeling the the late 20s coming on here. So I don't know what like what's going on there. Other than that, I work from home. Usually it's it's nice you can pop in at seven, leave at 3:30 from the office, and, and you're taken care of. But there's like that there's a loss of distinction between work and home time now. So it's difficult to to find the separation. But um, Amazon Prime, Hunters, what a show! Jack Ryan, what a show! Finishing up Peaky Blinders, playing a ton of Call of Duty and FIFA. Um, basically doing what henry's doing without uh you know learning a new skill along the way uh so you know it, it's passing the time i should be reading more um i i just i don't know i'm not much of a reader i went to school for far too long to jump back into reading in my free time so that's how i justify it um but guys uh we're here to answer some questions and talk west ham not just uh life behind closed doors um so allow me to ask our first hammers polls question uh, and this this uh, question comes from Tim Ford at Tim Cratchit on Twitter. Uh, he asked this a couple days ago, but we're going to jump through a bunch of questions here, uh, ending on the more recent questions. Um, and uh, this was retweeted by Hammers Polls. So it says, does the idea of targeting young English talent resonate with you, given the recent upturn in the England national team's fortunes doing the same? Uh, the two options are hell yeah and can't win with youngsters. Um, I should basically say, I should, I guess, just give a run. I've shared some articles that we've written at Green Street Hammers on Facebook and seen a pretty big split between young players from the championship being good enough or like asking the question, are they good enough? Are they not good enough? Um, And there are people that are on either side of it. So uh, I'd be curious to get your guys' opinion. Uh, Henry, let's start with you. What do you think? Are you excited by this new Moyes uh, under 25 uh, English slash British slash island folk? Uh, joining the team, or do you want to see more spreading out throughout Europe? 
I would say it's quite exciting because we've usually done quite well when we bought younger players from the championship. I mean, Antonio's still doing very well for us and he was about 26 when we bought him. <clears throat> Aaron Cresswell, he's the same. Like He's been fantastic. He's been a fantastic servant to the club. Uh, Randolph, he's, he did very well in his first stint with a couple of blips and he's come back now to be the backup that we needed from mm -hmm. the start season so there's definitely evidence of us doing well recruiting from there <clears throat> but I think it's important to get a right blend sorry <clears throat> it's important to get a right blend um, in a blend of players in like I think we'd all like to see us get some particular players that we've mentioned in articles like Eberichi Eze um, Manning from QPR Matty Cash from Forest like, and I think they would strengthen the side very well Um but we need experienced players as well that know how to how to win and how to lead them and make them better players. So it's still important to sort of keep a Mark Noble in there who can do the dirty jobs that allow the young, exciting players to perform how they want to be able to perform. I think that's a fair breakdown there. Jeremiah, what, what do you think? Are you uh, on the hell yeah or the can't win with youngsters side here? I think I'm definitely on the hell yeah side of things. It's um, it's interesting. You can kind of look at it both ways. Like Henry said, if you were to look at Chelsea, for example, and you hear a lot about, you know, Frank's babies or Frank's young kids, whatever uh, version of that story you hear, but they kind of have, have taken that mold in a way and have brought in a lot of young players. And I know we're not talking about Chelsea forever on here, but it's it's good to see that happen. And I think it could definitely happen at West Ham. So the fact that, you know, Moise has kind of come out and, We've talked about it kind of at nauseum at times of this new uh, under-25 transfer deal. It's going to be good. I think it, it's good for the long run, and it's good just because of a fresh idea. A lot of football, I think, is changing in a way. We're seeing that kind of switch where we are seeing a lot of the, what the last maybe like four or five years, a lot of younger players come in and really kind of turn the tide as far as that goes. So it, it's definitely a good deal. Uh, but, Henry, you are right in the same aspect that you know we're going to have to have people step up um, noble maybe even besides noble different players step up and actually kind of lead these guys and that would be my only question mark and i think that's where we see a lot of people come in and question you know is youth the right idea just because we simply don't have as many um leaders on the side i don't think personally besides noble and then you might get into crest a little bit and maybe Agbana. but other than that that the leadership will have to step up but of course yeah i'm definitely on for some younger kids yeah, uh, I, I would echo parts of what both of you guys said here, but I also think, um, well, I'm not, I guess not, but I also agree with you guys that, that there needs to be a balance, and that's why I think the split on this question is almost a little bit too shallow because no one's saying scrap every player older than 25 on the team and only go with young kids. Um, they're basically saying use the core that we have now, the Ogbonas, Cresswells, uh, Nobles. Uh, even you look at players like... Uh, you're not going to have Zabalan anymore, but if you look at players like Thomas Suchek, who I believe is 24, uh, and uh, Sebastian Hilaire, Felipe Anderson are, are 25 and 26, I think, or possibly 27. Um, that's not, and you know, that that's not super old or anything like that. But those are players who have played professionally for five, six years and have grown up in academies. So they have experience and you hope that they have the leadership qualities to check by all sounds by all uh, rumors does have those leadership qualities on the pitch. And you hope someone like Declan Rice is picking up from, uh, is picking up from Mark Noble, but then, 
even go deeper than that. What about Josh Cullen? He's been through the ringer going to League One, the championship, captaining the under-23s, uh, and he's he's gone and become a, a really important factor in every team other than Bolton, I'm pretty sure, uh, that, that he's been to. So even if you if you enter or you welcome that player back into the fold, there could be another aspect of, of uh, you know, youngsters, but a new developing core that does have leadership qualities, does know what it means to play for West Ham and appreciate that. So I, I'm with you there. Uh, and I think I'm, I'm way more on the hell yeah side of things. And the poll did end uh, 94.1% saying hell yeah and 5.9% wow. saying uh, can't win with youngsters. So pretty lopsided there. Um, okay, let me skip through here. This is a good question, and Hammers Pulls uh, checked, uh, checked out this question and went through it more in depth on YouTube with their uh, video of the week uh, on March 31st. So check them out there at Hammers Pulls on YouTube. Uh, the question is very simple, and, and Jeremiah, we're going to start with you. Should we trust in Fabianski next season? Yeah, I think we should still trust in him. I mean, there's a lot of good promise coming up, and I'm not going to be try to be too super long-winded on this but yeah he we got to trust in him still he hasn't shown anything besides a couple injuries that have i guess shown the weakness of west ham not having a lot of solid backup in that position but there's a lot of youth coming in we know about trot we know about a nang uh we know that for now randolph is still there and martin is still going to be there there's a lot of backup and a lot of potential in that role um i just don't think that those players necessarily trot and nang are going to be ready next season to take over i think they could take over and do just fine but we still have fabianski there so why not use him why not trust him so absolutely henry what do you think are you are you, are you happy with fabianski do you want to stick with him for another season a hundred percent i mean the amount of points he's won us everyone will agree is oh far far too many than what we should be relying on the goalie to to win <laughs> for sure i mean he, he's probably one of our best signings in the last five, six years since we moved to London Stadium in terms of being a consistent performer. I mean, I think he's only really made two costly errors, and that's the Liverpool game um, the week or so before football got cancelled forever. And <laughs> against, was it last season, West Brom or something, where it just sort of snuck away from him? But that, like, those are the only two sort of real clear errors I can actually think of him doing. Rather, other than that, every game you feel safe with him in goal. I know it's like it's a very sort of superstitious thing, but I remember when we first signed Randolph, and I went to the game against. Oh, was it? It wasn't Astra. It wasn't Astra, but the team before in the Europa League, and you just felt so nervy with him compared to Adrian because we all felt safe with Adrian because of how he'd been at that time but obviously it's earned that sort of security but Fabianski you just feel so safe with him you feel like you've always got a chance when teams get through us on a one-on-one which happens quite a lot and he saves us so I don't think there's any major reason to question his position for at least a season yeah I, I think you're completely right and and I also think um even if there are question marks about his hip now, like uh, Jeremiah, you had brought up, um, you do have Darren Randolph, who is far more serviceable than Roberto Jimenez, who uh, does have another year left on his deal at West Ham, I, I believe. I mean, just yeah, he expires uh, June of 2021. Although contracts are possibly being extended with the coronavirus hiatus, so it'll you have to wait for everything to get shaken out there. Um, but 
I, I do agree. Fabianski is still serviceable. Uh, the keeper position is one of those positions that you can play well into your 30s and still be elite. Um, like Fabianski was 34. Even Darren Randolph, he was a team of the year keeper in the championship last season uh, and was well on his way to doing that again with Middlesbrough this season before picking up an injury. Uh, so with those two in goal, I, I'm more than happy with that. Uh, David Martin, you're going to probably see him on the training ground for years to come until he wants to become a coach or something like that. Uh, maybe even a scout. I know we're, we're hurting for one of those at the club. Uh, so I think we're set. And, and again, there's always the thought of, can you improve on a position by going to the transfer market? And I think you can. Um, and I, and I don't know, I, I would almost be okay with West Ham gambling away Fabianski for the likes of Jack Butlin and then have him come in for one or two seasons, be the starting keeper with uh, Nathan Trott going off to championship side next season with a little more, or even abroad to Germany or Italy or Spain, somewhere where he's going to get a little bit more um, consistently solid competition and, and become that much more of a battle tested keeper before he takes over the reins here. Um, I would much rather my keeper have more experience than gamble that away as well. And he doesn't do, he doesn't do any good having him on the bench. So yeah, I think we're fine with Fabianski for now. If they can improve for a couple seasons, sure. Take a risk on that because I think we're going to get better as a team, but I, uh, I'm certainly okay with it here. Uh, okay, back to the Hammers Polls questions. Let's see. Uh, oh, much like the first question, uh, 92.5% said yes, we should trust in Fabianski next season. So, um, so far, we're, we're not playing the contrarian. Um, okay, uh, Jeremiah, this is a question for you primarily. Uh, and Henry, if you had any uh, information on it, I would gladly uh, welcome your interjection in. But uh, this question is from at WHUFC underscore USA underscore 2008. Uh, it was uh, posted on April 1st. Question for all West Ham supporters. Are there any American players from the USA you'd like to see come in the next transfer window? Uh, if yes, then state who in the comments. Uh, I will not go to the comments just yet. Uh, but Jeremiah, are there any U.S. players that you would like to see come over? Or, you know, just come to... Uh, come to West Ham in general? You know, I'm going to kind of, uh, it's tough. You know, I, I'll be honest with you. I don't follow MLS too, too much. Just be real. I'm going to kind of, sounds weird, right? You know, I live here in the States. I should probably support that, but, uh, it's just been kind of slow and boring over the years. They are getting a lot faster and a lot better, but predominantly a lot of the good U S players that you see aren't, actually playing in MLS like you know if you look and we obviously know about Pulisic um if you look at uh was it Winston uh, McKenzie I think it's McKenzie Weston McKenney um, play Weston McKenney yeah he plays in Germany I would love to see him come over I know that's kind of uh I guess sugarcoating the question a bit it's not somebody that's over here actually in MLS but no McKinney they were just saying be, they were just saying yeah. American or USA players so I think you're you're within your right there sure yeah, McKenney would be a great pickup, I think. You know, he kind of has that box-to-box midfield, but focusing more so on the attacking side of the pitch. Uh, yeah, he would be – I would love to see him because I think he's still in his early 20s. Um, solid pickup. He's played well in Bundesliga. He's been there for, gosh, a couple of years now. Um, that would definitely be a player I'd love to see. Obviously, you know, we've talked about Pulisic before. I would have loved to have gotten to West Ham. I think he's a player that we just may never see because – I think once his skills finally pick up here and he can get healthy again in the Premier League, he's going to be lights out. And 
that would be, you know, an amazing player to get. Other than that, you know, there's a few here and there, but I, I think that those would be my kind of basic big two. Uh, I guess I could dig more into the MLS and look into that. I just don't know a lot about current MLS systems, but I'm sure some people listening to this might be disappointed. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, maybe they can uh, pitch in and let us know who they would like to. Yeah, I'll jump in here, Henry, because I was going to say the same person. Uh, I was going to say Weston McKenney just because the name had stuck out for me before. Um, but uh, I will just – I have some stats pulled up on him here. He was man of the match once this season. He's uh, played in 16 games. Uh, 6.67 rating on who scored, which doesn't sound great, but I think the average is only like 7. So he's, he's right around the average. Uh, he is – a defensive midfielder, central midfielder. He's played more games at just central, and uh, he's 21 years old. So he's playing for Schalke uh, with a lot of really great players on that team. Um, so there's a lot of uh, a lot of promise with this youngster. He was going to be the one I highlighted there. Uh, and his best position comes uh, DMC, uh, defensive midfielder, uh, as far as rating goes. But it's pretty close with his uh, midfield rating. Uh, Henry, any American players come to mind? Um. Uh, Weston McKenney was definitely one I've heard of from Schalke because I know he sort of stuck with them while they've had their issues over the last couple of years. He's been a really consistent performer for them and he would definitely be a good player for us, sort of that box-to-box player that we've been looking for next to Declan Rice. So he'd definitely be a good shout. There's a couple others that I know of that I know they're not in America, but they are American or at least qualify, uh, which is, is it Sergio Dest? Yes, the young right back. Absolutely, real potential. And I think yep. if we were able to get him and he carries on progressing the way people expect him to, I mean that could solve our right back issues for the next ten, twelve years. Um, as Fredericks is injured a lot, uh, Zabaleta is retiring. Yes, Nagaki is looking good, but he's a bit younger than Death, so you could have their back like positional battle for a good long time to go for. You could really sort the position out. And the other young American that I know of is Giovanni Reyna at Borussia Dortmund, who's ah. the scene this year, and he looks really promising. So if we were able to get him on like a two-year loan, because I don't think they'd be able, I don't think Dortmund would be willing to sell him, especially as the likes of Sancho and Haaland will probably be bought. Um, I feel like we could really help his progression and he could really help us with his ability. So I think he'd be a good option to bring in in whatever way we could. Uh, that, that's a that's a great name to pull up there, and and I'm going to chime back in one more time because there's another player that came to mind. I plays for Werder Bremen. Uh, it is uh, Josh Sargent. He's a striker for Werder Bremen. He scored uh, three goals and three assists this season in 22 games. Uh, that's including four cup matches. Uh, he did have a calf muscle injury that kept him out, and he would he had scored four in his first nine matches. Uh, sorry, had four goal contributions in his first nine matches. So uh, he was primarily playing, uh, actually he was playing a pretty solid mix between starting and, and coming off the bench. Uh, and the second half of the season had him more of a substitute, it looks like here. Uh, but uh, in 12 games for the United States, he scored five goals in the actual senior team. Looks like a real talent and he's 20 years old as well. So uh, maybe someone someone that uh, Moyes can open up to there potentially as well. But I think we've, we've highlighted a few good American players here for sure. Uh, although, you know, we do need a, uh, we need another ginger Pele. So very true. That role. Very yeah. true. Uh, you know, one I forgot about, I don't want to cut you off. No, please. One I forgot about, we used to play on West Ham, used to, well, I don't know about play, but he was in the Academy for a while. Do you guys remember Sebastian Leckett? 
Yeah, he was a good player. Yeah, and all right, he was. Yeah, yeah, I would would take him back. I mean, he granted his time here wasn't that uh, overly impressive, but he's a good player. He's done well. I think he's still at LA Galaxy. He was, he has been there for a while. He's a good, solid player. Um, he hasn't played too much. I don't think you've seen too much on the uh, U.S. national team, but I think you might see more of them. But yeah, there's another good shout. I started thinking about it after you put me on the spot, and I forgot about it. I thought of another player as well. Um, Zach Steffen, the young goalkeeper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, there you go. Itin is on loan at Dusseldorf, I think it is. And mm-hmm. I know when he was back in America, he was really promising, hence why City bought him. And if you were looking for someone to maybe come in to bridge the gap between Fabianski to Trot and Anang, he could be a very good backup rotation to maybe take that first first uh, number one role in the squad. Absolutely, yeah, that's a that's a that's a good shout and a potential area of positional need. Uh, another one that was staring us all in the face, DeAndre Yedlin, the right back uh, from Newcastle. Uh, I think he's got blinding pace, but other you know, I think he he could be someone to challenge as well. Uh, Ingakia and Ben Johnson for that spot. Um, to Ryan Fredericks in that case, like yeah, a lot of but defensively questionable. That being said, this is a, a throwing question here. Uh, by the way, eighty something percent of people said no, they don't want American players. Um, very, very, very short sighted. We've gone through a handful that are here of here that here that are great. Um, but on that topic, I want to ask you guys. Everyone's talking about Ngakia now as the the starting right back and. Uh, I'm one of them. I don't think West Ham have to spend a, a dollar on a new right back as far as uh, this summer is concerned. I know, um, Henry, you're a big fan of Matty Cash, and, and I think uh, I think everyone really is because he's shown that he's a, he's a good balanced player and also versatile, can play in the midfield. Um, but West, Ham, if you're looking at West Ham, they have 40 million reportedly to spend plus sales. You could probably get that up to um, 60 million without losing any key pieces in the team. I don't want them to spend any of that on a right back because you have uh, Ngakia, you have Ben Johnson, and you have Ryan Fredericks, who ended last season as a as the only right back to like ever get a perfect ten out of ten rating on who scored uh, after that ridiculous performance. I can't even remember who it was against. Maybe Everton or Leicester. Southampton. Southampton. Now that makes a lot more sense then. Uh, so you have you have him, and, and as well. He wasn't terrible to start this season. When he got injured, that's the biggest hang-up on him is the injury record. Uh, his legs seem to have a little bit of a weakness in him. But uh, I think he's been forgotten about and sold too short. But I don't know. Do you guys have any thoughts? Uh, uh, maybe I'll go to you first, Henry. Do you think everyone's writing him off, or do you think it's time to cut ties with him? What say you on, on this uh, once-promising signing? I think Fredericks, he's a very capable player. But because of his injury record, and he, do- he has missed a good amount of games, which has left us exposed with Zabaleta, who hasn't got the pace, which I think makes people question him more rather than like his actual ability. Cause I do think he's a very capable right back, maybe a bit defensively slack occasionally, but um, I think he could do more going forward cause he's got the pace to push the ball past anyone and run onto it and whip a ball in. But he somehow he seems to not do that enough for me mm-hmm. and which can be quite frustrating so like as you said like if we're player sales we could have a budget of around 60 million pounds and if these clubs in the championship and leagues further down do end up being in the financial position because of the whole 
global crisis at the moment and there's a lot of talk about a lot of clubs that will be needing money deals could be done for slightly less than what their market value will be so i reckon if we were able to get matty cash for less than what the 15 million pound was that we were quoted in january yeah i think it'd be, i think it'd be a brilliant signing because i don't think we need to actually spend any of our budget going forward i mean if we were to get Eberichi Eze, that would be brilliant. But, I mean, if you think of the f- attack of Felipe Anderson, Antonio, Jared Bowen, Sebastian Haller, Lanzini, Fornals, on their day, like, that's a very, very, very frightening attack. Whereas when you think of the defence of Cresswell, Masaraku, both have a good game every now and again, but have their issues, right-backs... Zabaleta too slow and retiring. Fredericks injured. And then you're left with Ngakia, who's very raw still. Ben Johnson, who's had a couple injury problems. And then our centre-backs are still not sure about who the best partnership it is because Ogbonna's good and Diop's good. Ogbonna can be good, but then occasionally they can both drop off or Diop's mind might be looking somewhere else now, according to some reports. So I think if we were able to raise £60 million this summer and just put it all into the defence, which has been not funded properly since Gold and Sullivan have been in, rather other than the investment of Diop, then we could have a very well-balanced team. And once the defence is solid, then the attack will be better because they're not having to drop back and cover as much. That's fair. I think that's actually a really fair assessment. I, I would also... You know, if they want to just throw a one-off at a striker and a one-off at a central midfielder, I would be okay with that. But there's also options within the club there. What do you What do you think, uh, Jeremiah, on the on the thoughts uh, or on the idea of Ryan Fredericks being good enough or overlooked or, or moving on from him? Yeah, I think the um, I don't I think he's had a bad break. I don't really know what his injury record was before uh, coming to West Ham. And, you know, it's kind of always a joke when somebody does come. They're like, oh, now they're going to break everything. You can't blame him. I mean, his legs are obviously something's going on there for as fast as he runs. <laughs> it makes sense. You look at uh, Antonio a lot like that, too. They just have a lot of freak injuries because their bodies do some pretty ridiculous things. Um, but I, I don't think – I'm not giving up on him yet. It's only really been like a season and a half. It hasn't been a lot of time to look at it. And – the potential's still there. The youth is still there. There's a lot still riding on the fact that he's a good, solid player that's shown a lot of potential. Do we need to bring in somebody else? Probably yes. I mean, Zabaleta's gone. So now your right side's looking at him and, and Ngakia, which so far, that sounds great because, you know, Jeremy's done a lot of really good things. But bring in somebody like Cash, uh, bring in, and I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but Cash can kind of, he gets up and down on the, on the wings too. So I think that he, he'd be a good player to throw in there. there there's got to be somebody else I think that you need to bring in to do that, but I don't think at the same time you're giving up on Fredericks because if the injury does come back or you know vice versa, if, the, if it gets healed and then everything's good to go, we're going to have two decently solid right backs with a lot of potential that you could look at possibly spending your money somewhere else. I yeah. do actually remember one thing about Fredericks when we signed him. Um, and this was Fulham fans saying um, we'd signed the worse right back from them because they had Cyrus Christie as well. And mm-hmm. Fulham fans were saying, we're glad you took him rather than Christie. Well, it was a West Ham signing because it was a free transfer. So, uh, 
one team's in the Premier League and one team's in the championship. So I think that says all you need to know about those <laughs> Fulham fans and their opinions. Um, guys, we've been we've been talking a lot and it's been flowing. We're at 30 minutes already, which is where we wanted to cap it. But I want to get into one more question. We can let it run as long as we want. But uh, this question came in uh, from Tony Pearson, at Tony Pearson 2. Dean Ghana returns uh, in the pecking order. Where does he fit in? Uh, and the options are ahead of Antonio, ahead of Anderson, behind both. Uh, now, uh, for some context, reports came out this week that David Moyes has been extremely impressed with Diangana's uh, move away from the club on a loan to West Brom and absolutely factors him in as potentially even a starter when next season starts. I think that's a wise move myself. Um, but we did see him at West Brom playing left side and right side, as well as centrally, I believe, um, because they have uh, a lot of attacking options on, on the wings there. So he did play, I believe, primarily as a left winger, uh, looked great dancing up and down the uh, the sidelines there and creating and scoring goals himself. Uh, Henry, let's go to you first. Is he ahead of Antonio, ahead of Anderson, or behind both when he returns uh, to West Ham? And you could even throw in Jared Bowen as well, who, who I guess is our starting right mid. I guess it's tricky to sort of place someone in a pecking order because it depends on formation. It depends what happens over the summer. Like I saw reports that David Moyes would be willing to let go of Yarmolenko and... Anderson, which would automatically put Diangana ahead of both of them, <laughs> to bring Diangana back and shift those two on, he's going to be playing the guy he wants to be around. Um, I mean, I definitely would like if he's a hundred percent, he's going to be in the match day squad every week. From what he's done at the Championship with West Brom, he's been amazing to watch, and some of the skills he's been able to bring out in a very tough league, which is very physical is amazing and I'm sure a lot of West Ham fans I know I will will absolutely love to see it yep whether or not he's starting every week I mean if Anderson stays and he say changes David Moyes' mind and he wants and he is up for the fight and he's back to his best which is possibly our best player I don't think you could drop Anderson because of what he can bring and then so then that opens up the right side of midfield and then you've got the whole argument about well, you've just spent £25 million on Jared Bowen. Where does he go? Does he then have to fall into the second striker role and we play like a 4-4-2 or 4-4-1-1? And then Dean is on the right, which could be very appealing because that's a lot of pace going forward. But if you're just going to have the 4-2-3-1 and there's that one spot available, you then have to judge the player's mindsets because... Bowen, everyone is very, very keen on. But if he's mine, if he feels like his position is in jeopardy, he's not going to really want to hang around for that because he can go to many other clubs in the Premier League and be starting. So then maybe Dean Gard goes in the centre and then that's putting him in competition with Fornals and Lanzini. Well, maybe more so Fornals for next season if Lanzini is on his way out of the club, which if he carries on his form, he probably would be. Mm-hmm. So I think we're very lucky to have the headache that it's causing and very lucky that he can play in each and one of those roles and that also the other players can play in a couple of different other roles as well. So I do think he'll be in the matchday squad every week. I don't think he'll start every week, but I think he'll get a good amount of starts if and when people drop out with injuries or are tired. Like Antonio will probably inevitably happen because he'll be 31 next year and will not be able to put in the performances he does at the moment week in, week out. So 
it's a very nice option to have and I think he will sort of by the end of the by the, hopefully by the end of next season he will be that starter but I think he'll have to sort of grow into the role yeah I think I think that's fair I think that's a fair assessment and, and you know the versatility is definitely the added bonus there Jeremiah uh, we've got you up next here what do you think is he ahead of Antonio ahead of Anderson behind both throwing Bowen what are your thoughts just basically tell me what are you thinking about Dean Ghana and, and where he's going to factor in next season you know, this is what uh, Moyes or um, anybody that's really in charge right now gets paid the big bucks for is is, is because of situations like this. And it's we've talked about it before on this podcast and even in, in writing articles. It's not very often that we, as West Ham fans, see this type of competition arising. Um, I definitely think he does go ahead of Antonio, uh, only really um, based off of Antonio's age, based off of the injury stuff, like you said, Henry. But I think at the end of the day, he's going to go ahead of him, but I just, I just don't put him ahead of Philippe Anderson just yet because of the potential that is there. Um, it's interesting because you do, you throw in formations. If we stick with any type of four, four, two, if we have two up front, then you put Bowen and Antonio up front. And then what if we bring in another striker, which is probably what's going to happen. We bring somebody else in then you're going to have that whole issue coming in too. It's just going to be an overabundance of this and an overabundance of um, players in different roles. But I guess to answer the question, like it was stated, I'll put, I'll put him ahead of Antonio, but for me, he doesn't go ahead of Anderson yet, but I do think we are going to see him a lot. I don't think he's going to get loaned out again, because if we do that, then you come into the potential of losing a player of his talent. Yeah, uh, I think he is, if we start the season right now, I think he's behind both of them, uh, but I do think his ability to play on both sides and in the middle immediately makes him a better squad replacement for or better squad player for uh, Yarmolenko. Yarmolenko seems to be gone. I think he's better suited elsewhere. We've talked about it before and written about it as well. I think Yarmolenko, he's off. Um, you save that money. You could spread it around more and, and, you know, and better with the club. But you also bring in a replacement in Diangana who can play Yarmolenko's right side, can challenge for Felipe Anderson and uh, – uh, Pablo Fornell's left side and can also push in the center as well. And I wouldn't be surprised if you played him up top with a, with a Sebastian Allaire winning headers onto him if you see some sort of spark come out of him there as well. Um, X did break break him down prior and say the only uh, the only hit on him was basically his uh, – he needs to really be um, – like mo- not motivated, but uh, he, he struggles with confidence. So I think – Putting him in competition is good because it shows, you know, when he's working with Jared Bowen and he's working with Antonio, it shows that he's of that quality. And I do think, despite his injury, all the success he's had this season with West Brom will go massively to his mentality and basically say, you know, I've gone out, I've done my job, now I'm back here to to actually win a spot. And I do think surrounding, and everyone talks about Declan Rice going to Chelsea because his best friend's there. Well, if he's playing in a squad with uh, his mentor, Mark Noble, and his uh, one of his best mates, Grady Dean Ghana, being back, and one of his uh, academy mates, Jeremy Ngakia and Ben Johnson, mixed in there as well, under Cresswell's wing, playing with Jared Bowen now, who's a young English player. He's got that battery mate in Thomas Suchek. What else do you want when you're you know, a player that's trying to become elite? What's the need to rush out just because your best friend plays across the town? You're, you're going to force a move out of uh, a club that picked you up from the dirt where that club left you? There's little things like having having homegrown talent, having familiar faces around, like Dean Ghana will be when he returns. That could have, um, you know, 
effects that can't really be calculated. So I think it's it's all in all a positive. I don't know if who he's ahead of, who he's behind when the day breaks down, but I do agree with, with what you said, Henry, that he's every day in the match day squad because he can play everywhere across your attack. So uh, a, a major positive there. Uh, gentlemen, what do you th- what do you think? Do we, do we call it? Do we call the episode there? Do we leave him wanting more? What do you guys think? Uh, I think we got to leave him wanting more. I think uh, we we got a long time. Oh, well, I don't want it to be a long time, but I feel like we still got a long time to go. So why not, you know, why not? Don't break out all the good things right at once, you know? That's yeah, fair. Save some, <laughs> save some stuff. Uh, well, well, with that, then, we will wrap up this episode. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, we will talk to you guys next week. And until then, come on, you irons. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Overdraft fees are just the worst. Get up to $200 in fee-free overdraft with a Chime checking account. Sign up today at Chime.com Goals24. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply.